Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college who do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Monday, Election Eve. I say vote for Ray and Tay for everything. There you go. Give it, write us, <laughs> give in, it write us in. Maybe we can win a state or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Tweet at us. We're all social media up. We're everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, and RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Send us your NFL mid-season awards. Let's talk some football. Ray, we'll get to the college and some hoops, but I have got to ask you, Sunday Night Football, Marquette King dancing and punting, Latavius Murray running, the offensive line from Penn to Houston to all those guys, the big uglies getting it done. How impressed are you with the first place AFC West, Oakland Raiders? The 7-2 and Raiders. Oh, say it. Say it. First place. But you know what? Here's the thing. That division is so difficult that they're a half a game out of third place, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be tough, and, and San Diego's not that bad. That AFC West is by far the best division in football, but I'm very impressed. You know, the Raiders won last week, but it was very sloppy, and you said, you know what, you've got to beat Denver because Denver's not going to beat themselves. And they did. They were the better team the whole game. And you never once thought that Denver was going to win the game. Uh, now, granted, Denver had some, you know, they're dealing with in issues, and C.J. Anderson is down, and Simeon's a rookie, and, you know, they have uh, um, Akeem Tlaib wasn't playing, and DeMarcus Well, Weirder, that was the big thing. The secondary not being there was, was, was crucial. That was crucial. They still have Harris, though. I mean, it's not like right, they, right. they, they got had Harris and no T.J. Ward. No, no, you're T.J. right. T.J. Ward right, but... putting the big hits on people. So, But maybe it lets us know how valuable uh, Akeem Tlaib is. He's kind of underrated. As a corner, yeah, I'm saying. He, he, and he, Harris, he and Harris together make for a, a, a dynamic duo. Uh, so if you ask me, I think this game meant much more to the Oakland Raiders because oh, yeah, yeah. they need to know what it's like to win and win from it. Did you realize they said this stat on the air, and I didn't realize it was this bad, that since they moved back to Oakland in 92, mm-hmm. They've only been to the playoffs three times, and all three of them were in that were bunched together in that right. uh, that run. That Super Bowl where era. They went yeah. to the Super Bowl, right? They they went right. a couple times with Gruden, and then remember they lost in the Brady the Tuck Rule game. Yeah. They lost in the Tuck Rule game in the snow in New England. Again, they probably should have won. 
yeah. and then they ended up Gruden ended up going to Tampa. They ended up going to the Super Bowl facing Gruden. So only three years. Now they might be in Vegas pretty soon, but they need to learn what it's like to win and win from ahead and and, and be the hunted. So. Great for Oakland, really a great game. And, and this was Latavius Murray's coming out party. I mean, we know about Michael Crabtree. We know about Amari Cooper, they, you know, Derek Carr doing his thing. But Murray, I thought, really showed on the national stage that he's ready. He's a big dude. I didn't realize he was that big. You know, some games you look big, and some games you look big. So he looked big. It's like, this is a big dude. But um, you got to love Marquette King. Tell me about the dancing and, and, and the punter. Mar- First of all, he should be in the Ray and Tay all-name squad because Marquette King is an awesome name. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love that. I'll tell you this. With the AFC seemingly to be Patriots and who else, with the Steelers losing and the Bengals not being so impressive and you don't know what's up you know, besides the Patriots, you know, the Raiders last night, who were only 2-2 two and two at home, right, they've been the road warriors, I think that win established that, you know, they are going to be in here for the long run, that they can bang heads. They already lost to the Chiefs, but, you know, at least winning one at home against Denver, and they're going to battle with Denver at the end of the season and the Chiefs again, that at least they're legit. And this is going to be a season that maybe you and I were, you know, one year behind, right? We both had them just missing the playoffs. Well, I think they might easily be in the playoffs. If they don't win the division, I'm sure they'll get a wild card. So moving along, because Sunday night football was fun and that was great. But yesterday, Ray, and we could stick with, you know, go from the afternoon up. I mean, I got to ask you, we've talked about it on this show. We didn't even really pick the game because we both assumed that the Packers would win at home against a Colts team that is scaring no one with no type of defense. And Andrew Luck and the Colts go in there and I don't want to say easily win, but the score was, you know, 31-26, but they kind of just handled the Packers except for ha-ha Clinton Dix, you know, picking off Luck. But Ray, I mean – is it? I keep saying I still think our boy David Shaw to the Packers. Um, I think they've got to move on. I think McCarthy, they've got to move on. And too bad the deadline already happened. I think maybe they should have tried to trade for an Alfred Morris or running back. What's going on, and who do you place to blame? Is it 51% to the, the coach? How much on Rodgers? Because their defense isn't horrible this year. What's going on in Green Bay and Wisconsin, man? Well, they have some trouble in Green Bay. Uh, you know, and it's harder to replace 53 guys than it is to replace one. So I don't think it's a talent issue. I think they've always kind of under, sort of underdeveloped their running game and their running backs. And Eddie Lacy was good, and then he was too heavy, and then he, you know, lost the weight, and then he finally was able to uh, – Calm, uh, calm all the crowds that wanted to get rid of him, and then he gets hurt. James Starks can't stay healthy. They had they had uh, Ty Montgomery playing running back. So I think Ted Thompson and the GM, are, you know, uh, situation is is okay. Maybe it's time for Mike McCarthy to go. I, I don't disagree that it, uh, uh-huh. maybe maybe in general football a decade in football is probably too long. So I would say. Shake it up, and maybe you start with the coach. 
Yeah, no, you're totally right. Well, the fascinating thing is going to be, did that save the cult season? You know, I mean, I wonder on that side with luck. I mean, look, the division, we both said it, it's wide open. We don't trust the Colts, but they're starting to get healthy. Frank Gore looked good. Moncrief's back. T.Y., Allen, Doyle. Do you think they still have a shot in that division? And like you said, it's always real estate. They probably do, huh? Yeah, why not? I mean, nobody's running away with that division. Nobody's really that good. And just like the AFC West is anybody's game, but they're really good teams, the AFC South is anybody's game, and they're terrible. Uh, uh, who's the Titans leader of lost. the pack? I was upset. I, no, you're right, and I was upset Any the given Titans week, lost. Yeah, Tennessee, Houston, uh, Indianapolis, you know, why not? Any, any, any of those teams could win it. Jacksonville's probably the one team that's not they're done. They're you know, done. in contention, but the other three, why not? I mean, they won't well, make a wild card, so they got to win that division no, outright. You're right. You're right. I was happy to see Phillip Rivers. And look, the game was mainly our main man, Melvin Gordon, who's having a bounce back. Can you give Philip Rivers year. some props? Can we give him props? I, I mean, yes, not you. You always definitely. do give him props. But yeah. he is working with an aging Antonio Gates. He lost Keenan Allen. He lost Danny Woodhead. And these Everybody. guys are still moving the crowd. I mean, they're unbelievable. Uh, They're still in the wild card hunt at four and five. You've got to give them a ton of credit. 43 points, win a shootout against Tennessee. Um, that was impressive. I've got to ask you another guy. The way we talk about Rivers is the way we've got to talk about Drew Brees, who, you know, just keeps scoring 40 a game, keeps winning. You know, we all, you know, nothing special, right, because it's at San Francisco and the Niners are horrible. But I'll say this for fantasy football, and I threw a tweet out there. Man, oh, man, it might be time to pick up Colin Kaepernick because I'm sitting here playing Ben Roethlisberger, and it was just frustrating. And when Colin is running for over 25 yards and passing for 398, Ray, and two touchdowns, um, he's, he's actually, you know, forget all the protests and all the stuff. Colin is really doing a lot with not too much people around him. So I think people got to start recognizing that he's he's the quarterback, and he might actually they might want to redo a deal with him because he's looking good, you know. I mean, there's a reason this guy ran for 180 yard in a playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. There's a reason why this guy in consecutive years, you know, mixing up the order, right? But he went to the second round. The AFC, the NFC Championship, and lost in the Super Bowl. I mean, they had a good defense, but Colin Kaepernick was making plays on offense, and he wasn't throwing to uh, you know Jerry Rice and uh, you know John, you know John Stallworth. He was throwing uh, to you know Anquan Bolden. It was decent, but but they were not making plays. Colin Kaepernick was making plays, so. He's. I still think. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he and Matt Ryan got together and and just you know figured it out. They went in and into the into the George Michael time machine and went back and were like, oh, you know, remember when we were at the elite level? And they both <laughs> have turned it around. Kaepernick obviously went. You know, had his off field uh, you know injury stuff that he had to deal with, and then obviously the whole standing and kneeling and and the flag and everything. 
but there's no doubt that this kid is physically talented in ways that are hard to practice against. They're hard to mimic because you can't be Colin Kaepernick unless you are Colin Kaepernick. You know what I mean? That That's a hard guy to prepare for. Just like Cam Newton. Now, look, it was a tight game, 13-10. They beat the Rams. Todd Gurley, you know, kind of woke up a little bit from his sophomore slump. But, Ray, at the end of the day, you know, even with talking to the commissioner, there were two brutal hits that Cam took, and there were no flags, uh, Barron and uh, Aaron Donald. But they got the win, and it's a tough team to play. But at some point, Bryce Petty, Cody Kessler, um, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, I know he wants to stick to his guns because of how he did it with McNair, and he feels that he made a mistake with Vince Young. And he keeps saying each week, Case Keenum is not the reason why we're losing, but he's also the reason why you're not winning. He's not going to win you any games. You have to give the fans something your first year in L.A. I think it's time for Jared Goff. And they could easily say, no, we're just going to sit him. But what is he learning behind Case Keenum? He's not really learning anything. You've got to get your feet wet. And, yeah, he needs more weapons because you didn't properly get the right weapons around him. But I just think it's time. What are they waiting for? So I don't know how you feel about it. But at yeah, some point. Yeah, you don't have a problem. With, I mean, it's a bit of a sacrificial lamb type of thing. Um, but he doesn't have weapons. I, I just don't want to see a David Carr situation where the guy goes in there and just gets creamed and his confidence is shaken and his whole world never got off. You know, he never got out of third gear. Uh, I, so I don't right, know if that's a great analogy. But if you're a Rams fan, you can say that not being a Rams fan. Be honest. If you're a Rams fan, come on, you're oh, going oh, crazy. I'm like, well, give me how golf. Take my money and and give me nothing. And and your DM <laughs> and and Der- uh, Derek Fisher, um, Coach Fisher said it. He said, "Look, our defense gave up one defensive touchdown. You know, not special teams, not whatever. One touchdown in the last three games." And we can't win. We can't win. I, you know, a defense like this is is that good. I mean, where where's the offense? And, and what happens is you start to get resentment. There's only one team I can remember in the history, in modern history, that's overcome that, and that was the 2000 uh, Baltimore Ravens. Remember, they had that three game stretch when they went from Tony Banks to Trent Dilfer. Yes. Where they didn't yes. score a touchdown. They didn't score an offensive touchdown in like two and a half games. And there was some infighting and there was what they did have Jamal Lewis, so so they did have at least some ray of hope on offense. But the D was, was like, Look, fellas, you know <laughs> we're one team, but you're yeah. hanging us out to drive. But they also I mean, had they also help. had Shannon Sharp. So it was Sharp and Lewis was their only hope. You yeah. Know? And that you're team hanging was us out Rod Woodson and McCrary and Ray Ray. So you always talk about real estate, and there's a neighborhood that just got so crowded, and it's the NFC North because, as you called it, and I was almost wanting to call it, the Detroit Lions went into Minnesota and said, we are not scared of you. 
Prater, again, 26 for 26, either tying games or winning games at the end, sending but them to overtime or winning them. But did you see what they made them. him kick? Now, I have him on fantasy. I know. He kicked 53 <laughs> and 57. I they didn't know. say kick he a 30-yarder to win it or to go to overtime. No, no, he no. He was kicking 50-yarders. I guess it's a good thing he started his career in Denver. You know, he got that confidence, got that big leg. At least he's inside, though, even in Minnesota. And let me tell you, though, this is a big win for the Lions because we can both see on the horizon Packers and Vikings are slowly falling apart. And the Lions, with Matthew Stafford, Theo Reddick's back healthy, Eric Ebron, Marvin Jones Jr., and our boy Golden Tate. And how about that touchdown run? to win it in overtime and the and the leap. You talk about a leap of faith. He jumped all crazy. He could have, like, broke his neck, but that was impressive, Ray. I'm a Riddick fan, and I got him on fantasy. So I, I just like this team's got a, a ton of talent, especially with Ebron showing up finally. Uh, how do you like the Lions going forward? You know what? I like them – Better than those other two teams. I told you Minnesota's not for real, right? I, I just don't. No, I they were there last year's Atlanta. You, you kind of. Sam you Bradford it. is just not the man. I'm, I'm sorry. He, he now granted a lot of moving parts, and he's been traded, and been, and I loved him coming out of Oklahoma. I don't want to totally table. give up on on the Vikings yet. I don't. Want I'm to not going to give up on, on them because they may still win the division, but but they're they're not a team that that scares me in the playoffs. They're not a team that. Really, I'm scared to face. It'll be a tough matchup because they they play good D, but they can be soft. Their offensive line is terrible. They're skill position players. They have one skill position player in Stephon Diggs and maybe another guy, uh, obviously, in Kyle Rudolph. But that's about it. I'm I'm not afraid of them. And Green Bay, something's wrong in Green Bay. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's like a LeBron uh, uh, and um, what was your boy's name? Um, from Temple uh, that had the issue with his mom. <laughs> with um, oh, uh, uh, Les, what's his name? Um, oh gosh, the little thug. Uh, something right now, not De- Delaney. No. Delaney, yeah, yeah. Something. No, something. Uh, Delante West. Delante West. Delante. We Delante, might have a Delante West LeBron situation. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to speculate, but I'm just saying something's wrong in Green Bay, and I don't know what it is. So it might be a personnel thing. It might be a you know. Heard, you heard Rogers was like basically we're 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 soft. We're not playing well. We're not a hundred. But he's like dedicated. the sideline I'm with no cheering. He said there was no uh, inspiration from the sideline for the last few weeks. I was like, ouch. Yeah, something's not <laughs> right. Was, but you uh, know what? I like Detroit. I, I think I think that uh, Matthew Stafford's been through the race before, and to some degree, and this this is the irony, right? To some degree, mm-hmm. when you lose your Calvin Johnson, that's like your security blanket. You got to become better. You got to, even though Marvin he Jones is great, up. he's totally Marvin Jones right. He's is not, totally stepped up. Yeah, but but he's not Calvin Johnson, right? So so no, you know no, you no, can't no. just get in trouble and look for 6'6 six, six Megatron, right? You actually have to go through progressions. You have to have to look at Theo Reddick and look at Jones and look at Golden Tate. Well, it's forcing him to become Ebron. a better quarterback and use his Absolutely. fundamentals. And I think you see the difference. Now, you want to talk about a difference. How about Jay Ajayi the last three weeks and the Dolphins are 3-0, and um, you know, coming off their bye. They beat the Jets, rivalry game. Uh, Fitz says he's not – Super hurt, but I still think it's time to go to Petty because Fitzpatrick has been horrible. And 
I don't know how you view the Dolphins. Is it just going to be an 8-8 eight eight type season? They're four, what, 4-4 four and four now. They won three in a row. If they have the running game, could, you know, Adam Gase ride this to really have Tannehill, um, you know, continue to improve? Because every young and every quarterback who's trying to improve still needs a running game. And, you know, I think uh, his three-game stretch is, is only falls short of Adrian Peterson's three-game stretch. So he had a buck 11 and, um, you know, got a touchdown. So J.J. is for real. And with the Jets, I think it's time to go to Petty. How do you feel about it? Yeah, they didn't give Ryan Fitzpatrick the money for a reason. They don't believe in him. Uh, this season has gotten away from them, so they're not going to make the playoffs. So if you're not going to make the playoffs and you don't believe in the guy, then there's really no reason to have him playing and yeah, starting. Yeah. So you might as well go with the guy that you might have a chance. I don't think Bryce Petty's ready. I don't think he's good enough. But you know what? Just like I said, there was no reason to have, um, what's his name, Geno Smith, because you knew he wasn't going to give you anything. He wasn't your starting quarterback for 10 years. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's not either. So Fitzpatrick's a very streaky, very good, capable NFL quarterback, but I'm not sure he's your guy. So Is Nick right Foles there. your guy in Kansas City, 1914? Macklin, you know, that was a, a weird situation. And then Travis Kelsey throwing uh, the thing at the ref. So it's like all their offense was out the window. Charkandrick West, but they still got it done in the ugly game that you have to win at home against a, you know, a talented offense, but a not so talented team that finally had Chris Ivory show up. What are your thoughts? We always talk about Jackson's, though, but what are your your thoughts about the future of the Chiefs? Because, you're not afraid of the offense. You know the defense will get better with uh, Houston coming back in a few weeks. But do you want Alex Smith, who's getting older and he's coming off the injury and you just you know what he is and he's not pushing it down the field, do you think you got to try to ride Nick Foles because he might get Conley and Macklin and Kelsey downfield? Well, you know me. I've never been a big Alex Smith fan. I think you need to – make plays ultimately they don't have they have a very good defense actually but they don't have a good enough defense where where he could be brad johnson where he could be trent dilfer i mean those defenses were special you know that that 2002 bucks defense that 2000 ravens defense those were special defenses kansas city's good but not good enough where alex marcus peters makes him really good at the corner he's oh that guy is is uh is legit. Now you talk about a, a normal AFC North battle, but you felt like there was no excitement in this game. Ben coming back, but both teams are coming off losing streaks. The Ravens win a kind of boring, ugly game. Do you blame Todd Haley for not actually using the talent that he has in terms of Le'Veon Bell? Run the rock, real rock from the rock. And, you know, you're going four or five wide, and it doesn't make sense. Flacco was struggling. You know, they scored a what a special teams touchdown, and then Mike Wallace broke one to the house. I don't know. I couldn't get a feel for this game except for the fact 14 carries for Le'Veon Bell is upsetting, and Ben will be better next week when he gets to really practice and is healthy. What do you think about the Ravens? I, I was just so frustrated, but I, I kind of felt like this would happen. Well, give the Ravens credit. Their defense in. isn't that bad. 
Maybe yeah, and, and that's right. why if you're in Vegas or you're have an inclination to wager <laughs> on these games, don't mess with these divisional rivalries. They're just they're just oh, too yeah. tough and unpredictable. Um, you know, in retrospect, I could see it happening. I didn't think it would happen in the moment. I thought I thought that uh, Pittsburgh was too strong. But you know what? You're right. If you have players and you don't get them the ball, then you've negated your strength. And I think it was not until midway through the fourth quarter that Antonio Brown had more than 10 uh, yards received. I mean, it was it was some ridiculous num- low number, yeah. and they finally caught that touchdown. And then you're right, Le'Veon Bell, they kept him in to protect Ben because the offensive line was a little shaky. But I'm thinking this is your most talented, most versatile player. You need to get him the ball, whether it's on slip screens, screen passes, screens, yeah. whether it's you know, more than 14 carries. Ball. You were uh. never down. You were never out of the game. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah Mike Wallace burned you, but that was a 95. That was a fluke play. I mean, that was just a missed tackle and a guy has crazy speed, but. You know, as a Pittsburgh fan, I'm looking. At, you look at the scoreboard, and you're like, "But Baltimore's really not that good offensively, so they're not going to run away with it." So I, I still think that it was a little bit of panic and not underutilizing Le'Veon Bell. And, but you know what? Maybe this is good for the Steelers. They need to learn how to play from behind. I gotta believe it's still their division to win. Right? I can't. I can't think that Baltimore or even Cincinnati is, is going to win. But the division not the way they've been playing. All of them. Yeah. Well, let's go to the NFC East before we get to Monday Night Football. How about them Cowboys? Seven. How about them and, Cowboys? And, and, and imagine, not only 35-10, but imagine 7-1 and one basically without Romo and Bryant. Very different from last year's story. And so my new law firm is Prescott, Elliott, and Witten. And maybe you throw in a Beasley. But Jason Witten had a day like as if he was 25 again. Ezekiel, you know, did his thing only on 18 carries and gives you two touchdowns, you know, only 90, what, two yards, but he's still the rushing leader. And Dak is just solid as, you know, cement, Ray. And I just, three touchdown passes. I just don't think that Romo might ever see the field again. And I did not think that a while ago, and Prescott just keeps – it's almost like a mojo, right? I mean, I, I think Cowboy Nation would go crazy if they, like, switch up the mojo. Now, next week it's a little bit different. I think, you know, they play the Steelers. Should be a little bit of a closer and a better game. It'll be in Heinz Field. So we'll see how that plays out. But right now, the NFC East and the NFC – look, if Patriots are the best team, Cowboys right now, a little bit ahead of the Raiders, just because how they've been playing. They, you've got to say they're the second best team in NFL, man. Yeah, by record, they're both seven and one, so a hundred percent. So I mean, impressive. Look, they're, they're very impressive. They're still beatable, right? I'm not scared oh, yeah. of the Cowboys, but but give them all the credit in the world. Like you said, doing this without their two best offensive players going into the season. Jason Witten has a, a Ponce de Leon, you know, fountain of youth <laughs> moment. And, uh, at least for one week. Make, at least for at one, least one week. week. Exactly. Now, Eagles statistically seem like they had a better game than the Giants, but Eli and Odell, they just got up early and then they just kind of like did enough to hold on. The defense played better. 
and you know Ertz and Sproles and and Wentz started to wake up, but I just think it was it was too little, too late, and I don't know if the Giants are better than the Eagles, but I know that the Giants did enough and and, and played better. You know, getting that fourteen to three lead early in the first quarter, I think that carried them to the twenty eight twenty three win, and. I think the Giants, they can be sneaky, explosive offensively. I just don't think they can do enough to catch the Cowboys or make the wild card. But they're 5-3, and three, so I guess anything's possible, right? <laughs> you know, anything is possible. Even the Cowboys can come back to them, and the Eagles and the Giants and the Redskins are all kind of comparable. So that that division's a coin toss, and then even the one who loses out is probably it should be a decent position for the wild card because you know it's not like Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota, you know Carolina's in the dumps. I mean the whole NFC is up for grabs. Yeah, well let's get to Monday Night Football, and then we got to talk Ravens Browns for Thursday before we do our mid-season awards. So talk to me. I mean the Seahawks. Four two and one against the four and four Bills. McCoy seems to be like he's going to play or game time decision. Who knows? Both these teams are not healthy. The Bills are screaming to get to the bye week, and I feel as if Rawls, Procise, uh, Michaels, that running by committee, that the Seahawks it should be a very physical game. But I think that our boy Russell Wilson will be healthy enough. And between Graham and and Curse and Baldwin, that they they should be able to move it enough offensively. But sometimes the Bills, like I, they're just such a hard team to read. I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills pulled the upset. You know, I just wouldn't. But I'll say Seahawks 24-20, just because I think their defense is better than the Bills' defense overall. I can't disagree with that. I actually think the Seahawks are going to win bigger than that. I think they're a little banged up the 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 bolt uh, the um Buffalo Bills. So uh, look, I'm always waiting for the Seahawks to put it together. Kind of like Green Bay and Seattle <laughs> are the two teams that know how to that know how to win, that know that have won before, won Super Bowls in the last decade, but you know what? You still have to do it on the field. So I hear you. I th- I think Seattle wins a little bit easier. I'll, I'll say 30 to 20. They figure out three points. Cleveland Browns, this is something we could debate. I don't know if they'll go 0 and 16, 1 and 15, but the question is can they win Thursday night in Baltimore against the Ravens, who, you know, they came off of a physical game, you could say, with the Steelers? I want to say the Browns could do it, and you know what? I'm not that impressed with Flacco and the Browns. The only thing is Steve Smith Sr. is just such a – he's such a, a man on the field and such a stud. I just – maybe Terrell Pryor can pull a miracle. And you know what? Maybe I'll just go with the upset. I'll say the Browns shock the world, go to Baltimore Thursday night, and they win 23-21 on just a, a weird, funny-duddy divisional game that – turns out to be something at least somewhat entertaining. So I'll take the Browns in an upset. It's got to happen eventually. Yeah, I don't think this team goes 0-16. I feel sorry for Hugh Jackson, but you know what? 
you know, if you're offered an NFL coaching job, there's only 30 people <laughs> of them, you have to take it. you got to take so, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're, you know, Bill Parcells or, or somebody like that. Um, having said that, they will win, I think, one or two maybe even three games, but they'll win some games. I just don't know if it's this week. I don't know if they can sneak up on a division rival. So I'll say Baltimore does enough to hold them off, and they win, I'll say, I don't know, 24-17. All right, before we close out the NFL, let's talk. Look, after tonight, everybody would have played their eighth game. It's the midseason awards. We're not going to get to every award. We'll get to the major ones. But right now, Ray, Who's your rookie of the year? Oof. Cast your ba- ballot. Ray and Tay are at the polls. We're voting. Who's your NFL rookie of the year? We're not going to do offense oh. and defense, just one rookie. Oh, yeah, just one? Take him just one out. rookie. Oh, boy. You know, this is a tough one. I mean, first of all, we're only, <laughs> we're only halfway through the season, right? So I'm trying to think uh, – who stands out? You know who it's not? No, that's, that, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that disrespectful. <laughs> you know what? It, I, I'll say Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it has to be. You know, I, I'm trying to think, is there anybody that's going to even you know, come close? I think because the team's 7-1, and one, you know, you have to give it to him. You have to give it to Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he, he's so much of a part of this team given that they don't have Romo and they don't have Brian. But then again, his boy Dak Prescott could take some votes for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. And there's some I'll other players this, out there. But, but I'll, say, I'll yeah. say because he does two things. He moves the ball and he's able to cover up a mediocre defense with time of possession with just a, and also a toughness that he brings. I have to agree. He's 84 yards above DeMarco Murray, who's having a great comeback player of the year, which I thought he would in the beginning of the season. But Ezekiel Elliott is carrying the load and then some. And, yes, everyone says it, and it's true. He's got a great offensive line, but he still has to do the work. He still has to jump over guys, jump cut, do this, do that. He's you know able to stay in on third down because he does great pass blocking. He's got 891 yards, and to me, he is definitely my rookie of the year. Coach of the year, where are you going? This is hard. It is hard because a guy that we've ripped, and I don't even think he's a good coach, but the results, you got to put Jason Garrett's name in there at 7-1, and one, mm-hmm. right? The yeah, Cowboys yeah. need to give – I mean, we kill him. <laughs> if the team was 1-7, and seven, we'd kill him. So if, yeah, if they're seven no. and one, you got to give him some props. He's think, driving uh, the ship, right? He's driving yeah. the ship. You got to give Andy well, Reid some props. Um, you got to give the coach out in Oakland some props. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even Belichick. I mean, Belichick. And 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 Belichick, right? Losing Tom Brady. So if you gave me one, maybe I'll go Jason Garrett again. I mean, uh, you know, Cowboys again because of them totally being seven and one. And not not having been expected to be this good, and we're only no midway through the season. But at this yeah. point in the season, look, no one expected it. And to me, I you know, there's a couple of guys. I definitely think Jason Garrett. 
I also say Jack Del Rio. Um, obviously, I like the what um, coming back. I like what I like what our guy is doing uh, in Atlanta. Um, Dan Quinn. You know, I think Dan Quinn is really doing kind of a a yeoman's job. But I'm going to go Jack Del Rio. I just think because of his real estate, who he's got to play against, and there was a lot of early expectations, and we've seen his coaching decisions actually make a difference in winning a game. When he started off the season going for two, that was, you know, he kind of set set the mark for the Raiders season and I, he was bold and brave so I'm going to go with the Raiders and I think their defense is only going to get better because they haven't played well this season and so last night was the start of it yes it's Simeon and the Broncos but I think the talent is better than what they've been showing 29th ranked defensively but their talent is probably somewhere around 15 or you know top top 10 talent I would say how about MVP the most valuable poet on the MIC. So this one I need another eight games for because at the halfway point, <laughs> it's it's there's some candidates, right? So you got to think Matt Ryan is right up there. you got to think the two guys from Dallas are right up there. They'll probably split votes, Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and, of course, Tom Brady, who missed four games. Now, if it's four out of eight, that's a big deal. If it's four out of 16, and that's less of a big deal, right? Like, if they're able to go 15-1, and one, and the one loss is when he wasn't there, and he's still putting up these ridiculous numbers like 12 touchdowns, no interceptions in his first four games, uh, it might be Tom Brady. But I would say as of right now, today, at this very moment, it might be Matt Ryan. Wow. That's hard to argue. You know what I mean? I, I think I- – I hate to agree with you, but I've been rough on Matty Ice, and there's got to be times where you acknowledge somebody. Think about this, Matt Ryan and Jason Garrett. Think about if those two win it. Listen, and and you know what? Everybody would have to bow down and say, you know what, gentlemen, you've done a fine job and you deserve it. Um, I've gone back and forth. I almost want to say Derek Carr. That guy has been killing it. Um And Brady. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. He's number one quarterback in yards. He's number one in fantasy. He's, you know, I mean, he's almost thrown for 3,000 yards, 2980, and it's halfway through the season. That's insane. He could put up 5,000 yards. 20 years ago, that was a season. 3,000 yards was considered a a, a golden season. Yeah, and if you got 4,000, you were just like absurd. So, um, very impressed, Matt Ryan. Listen, we got to move on, but we can't be disrespectful to the defense because we're old school. Give me a defensive player of the year. We got to go defensive player of the year. Oh, you know, it's definitely not JJ Watt. <laughs> oh, what's that? It's not JJ Watt. <laughs> he can't yeah, win it again. It's all about rushing the passer. It's all about creating mm. havoc. Um, yes. So you either have to be a, a you know a cover corner that shuts people down, or you got to be somebody who changes the game by rushing the passer. It's hard for linebackers these days to win unless you're a pass rushing linebacker. Um, there's some really good candidates out there, but the one guy I come to, he's kind of the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor in the NFL. 
in that you need to know where he is on every play. And I got to think Vaughn Miller. Uh, You know, he's he's got his, uh, you know, sacks. What does he have, eight and a half uh, sacks in his eight games and, and or I guess he's, he's just played his ninth game. Nine and a half now. Yeah, nine, nine and, and a half. half in nine games. Um, he's a beast, man. So he's a beast. He's one of those guys that's you know. perennially there. But but to me, it's it's because you got a scheme against him. So obviously he's delivering, yes. but but you also have to he deliver. He and, and and they're trying to stop him. So to be, lead the NFL in sacks and they're trying to stop you, it's totally impressive. I'll tell you a couple of guys that I, I think about, and you're right, it's hard for linebackers, but Sean Lee, because the Cowboys don't have much talent, but with him being healthy, he makes such a difference. He's number five in tackles, 75. He's been directing things. He's everywhere in the field. But to me, you've got to go with uh, um, either a Von Miller, even D. Ford in Kansas City. He's got nine sacks. Vic Beasley's up there with seven and a half. But right now, I'd have, I'd have to agree with you. It's it's Von Miller. And you know I love Marcus Peters on the back end for the Chiefs. But to me, Von Miller all day, every day gets it. Let's let's go to Saturdays, man. Look, I got to just clap it up for Ray. Look, Tay, Tay called Arkansas over Florida. That was cool. But what Ray did, Ray was like straight up and down. Forget the college football playoff rankings. I'm going to tell you that. Mississippi State is beating Texas A&M. And sure enough, Saturday morning, I said, boy, look at Ray. He was totally right. And the AP dropped them all the way down to 10. We'll see tomorrow. If you're looking at the election polls, ESPN, if you want a little break and they see what they do at 7 o'clock. The AP is basically, you know, Bama, Michigan, Clemson, Washington. We'll see what happens at five. They have Louisville, then Ohio State, Wisconsin, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. Who do you think the college football committee this week? Because some people still feel because of the you know preseason or the you know early season schedule that Washington's is so weak. Some people think that Ohio State could leapfrog them and and actually be number four and keep Washington at five. And I just I don't think it's right. It's fair. Washington went to Cal, played a, a, a pretty, you know, tough Cal team with Davis, uh, Davis Webb. And um, I think Washington should be four. But what do you think happens at five and six? Do you see Ohio State-Louisville, Louisville-Ohio State? What do you think is going to go down? Louisville is a really good team. Very good team, and they and they have one blemish on their record, and they were, you know, a couple of yards away from being undefeated. So they barely lost, that, yeah. Barely and lost. And it's at the number three team, you know, at them. The only problem is they have no way to improve the resume. As opposed to number six, Ohio State, who has Michigan on that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So And they beat Nebraska, respect, who was 10. And they beat Nebraska, who was 10. They they just embarrassed them. They put them in their, you know, second tier because they said we're And thank goodness uh, Tommy Armstrong is okay, Ray. That was uh, very, you know, scary. Yeah, and, and the crowd, the, the road him, crowd yeah. was cheering for him. I thought that was, that was really nice. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a problem. I, I, I prefer the current AP. I, I don't think that Washington can do more. Look, they're doing it in – It'd be one thing if it was Boise State or somebody in, in, in a smaller non-Big Five conference, but coming out of a Big Five conference to be undefeated, this isn't Western Michigan, right, at, at, at 14. Yeah. They're undefeated Still the in the Pac-12. Pac-12. Yeah. 
right? So so you can't tell me, and that and if it's the luck of the draw, it's the luck of the draw. But you can't tell me that you can wholeheartedly put an undefeated team. You can't put an undefeated team above Louisville and Ohio State. It may play out that those guys are better, but right now you can't do more than win all your games. So I think Washington has to be four. They tried it with A and M. A and M got beaten. But you know what? Washington deserves to be four. And then Louisville, Ohio State are five, six. I think Ohio State's maybe a little better just because of the competition they play. And this is just no knock on Louisville, but Louisville has no way to get better. So they need to have these guys fall down. Well, they them. still got the Houston game, but Houston's kind of fallen apart. Yeah, they, they, they did. I mean, everybody That's, was all excited um, about them. The coach was about to get that new job. And now they, they've fallen they're out of the top team. 25. I just, yeah, no, they have. They're a decent team, but it's uh, it's it's weird, and you you kind of you know you kind of want to see. Now, I don't understand how does Arkansas not you know they're like basically twenty seven, right? How do they not get in the top twenty five when you still got you know these other teams that are in there? Like they beat Florida, and Florida's still twenty twenty two. I see that type of stuff irritates me because I think Florida's overrated. And so, to me, if Arkansas, you know, they've had a well, tough schedule. Well, did fall 12 slots, right? They didn't, they didn't, I mean, they went from 10 to 22. So, that's so a they, big they win. took Arkansas a little beating. Arkansas can't get in the top 25? You know, I don't know. Baylor's got two losses now. Boise State's got, you know, one loss. You know, they haven't, you know. I, it's just kind of, I hear you. I just would think Arkansas would, would get back in, you know. Let's talk about the Bama LSU game, man. I mean, that was, uh. Ten nothing, you know. Leonard Fournette didn't really, you know, he didn't get shut down the way he was before. He played okay, but you know, and no, but it's for so Leonard Fournette's standards, he got shut down. Oh, of course, it's oh, of course he did, and we, we thought he would against that Bama defense. And you know, LSU's got two stud receivers that they just can't get the ball thrown to them. I mean, even Ealing can't get it to them. These guys are going to be in the NFL, you know, top ten, uh, you know, receivers going in the draft and are probably top three rounds. And I just, it's weird. It almost seems like LSU is afraid to go out hard and recruit a real quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, they've got all this other talent that goes to the NFL, but they just can't get a quarterback. And Bama right now, they're so clearly number one. It's almost like uh, I just can't see them losing. You know, it's, it's you know you want to see if they can bang heads against Michigan or Clemson or Ohio State, but right now Bama, you know, they'd be a 10- to 14-point favorite over any of those schools. So that was impressive. Uh, how how impressed with you with uh, Hurts, the composure – and being able to, you know, pull out the wind down there in uh, in LSU and Death Valley on Saturday night. It was very impressive because if you looked at it, he was the difference in the game. Because other than Jalen Hurts, these two teams played to a draw. But when they needed a first down and they got two critical ones, it was on Jalen Hurts' feet. A little bit on his arm, but mainly on his feet. And he was able, he's the one guy that wasn't accounted for. And he was a guy that was able to move the crowd. And the last drive of the game took up eight, over eight minutes. And they just, you could just see the air 
in Baton Rouge coming out of the LSU Tiger team. He did just enough to get first downs. It, you know, it was it was first and ten, run the ball for two yards. Second and eight, run the ball for a yard. Third and seven, Jalen Hurts finds a way. Either he runs it or he gets an eight, nine-yard completion. Move the chains. Another two minutes off the clock. Another two minutes off the clock. And they just did it masterfully. So you're right. This team looks tough. I, I Don't mean, they need division realignment? <laughs> that's what they need. Oh, they SC need to West get out of the SEC West is brutal, right? Them in Texas A&M, A&M are like, can we trade with, like, uh, you know, I don't know, Georgia. Vanderbilt and this team or Georgia and yeah, somebody. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and, you know, it's uh, it's got to be frustrating for LSU because – in some ways, you feel like they would probably meet Bama in the SEC championship, you know, maybe every year. Now, the only last bump in the road for Alabama is the Iron Bowl. You think a couple of weeks away, does Auburn have a shot? Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, you know, they're a legit team. They broke into the top ten. They're number eight yeah. now. They can play D. They got some experience at quarterback. I don't know. Is that game in Auburn or, or in uh, Alabama? I can pull that up. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. It's this always, year. you know, those it's always, rivalries uh, are always there to be had. So, uh, oh, it's at Alabama. So it's yeah, also that Saturday after be. Thanksgiving. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be a great weekend. weekend. Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of battles going on <laughs> in, that, in that weekend. It's going to be entertaining. So. We wind down the show, we get to the NBA, and I, I want to find out from you, maybe this would be a fascinating poll question, who's going to win first, the Cleveland Browns, the New Orleans Pelicans, or the Philadelphia 76ers? Oh, At least the Mavericks won over the weekend. the basketball teams <laughs> play more often. Definitely, definitely. You would think so, but boy, last year we you know, went on some streaks, and I just... You know, I would say the Pelicans because they got Anthony Davis and he could win a game by himself. The Sixers are definitely improved, but it's just they just don't have Joel it. Joel Embiid looks are, good, though. Joel Embiid, as long as he stays healthy no, no, and they start to relax definitely. those minutes restrictions, he looks pretty good. No, he he does. Better than – it's almost like better than I remembered, right? I don't remember – it's he wasn't that offensive at Kansas that I remember. But they're 0-5. Pelicans are 0-6. And the Cavs are still 6-0. and I mean, so, you know, I guess maybe the question is, do the Cavs lose one before the Sixers or Pelicans win one? Um, you know, and that's going to be fascinating to see. The Clippers over the weekend, the big, you know, game was the Clippers against the Spurs. Clippers kind of put it on them. I mean, is this, you know, you hate to get this too excited. This is why they frustrate yeah. me. Because when know, they're, on, they're looking good, they can I was take ask. down anybody, including the Cavs, including the Warriors, including the Spurs. We, we might need to start a campaign, Ray. Everybody, need, yo, because win one for CP3. He's too. You almost want to say he's too great to almost have all these cats leapfrog him. Like this guy is like a prototype designing you know, the futuristic point guard. There's really no flaws in his game. He'll hit the jumper. He'll penetrate. He plays defense. He's tenacity. He, You know what I mean? The ball handling's crazy. Like, Chris Paul is like the graduated step from Isaiah. 
Now, he's not the scorer that Isaiah was, but just pure point, he's so tight. And you just want to see Blake and, you know, DeAndre, uh, you could kind of care less. But Doc Rivers, he's got one, but he's a great coach. You just wonder, is, could this be their year? You know, like <laughs> I'm and sure Clifford. GM, like, he's assembled a pretty decent squad. I mean, yeah, you got to think every year, like the boxers analogy, they've got a fighting fighters chance. I mean, they're just as good on paper as any of those other teams, but for some reason, when it comes down to a clutch five, six, seven game series in round two or three of the playoffs, they just hit the wall. Yeah. How about your Charlotte Hornets? They've been tweeting about Ray wearing their jersey, and now they're four and one. They like, you know, they want some respect. They're playing I, good ball. I, I, I'm I remember surprised. I said they make the playoffs. You did. I thought they might, but you know what? I did not account for. How about our boy, Kid Gilchrist? He's back, but it's not just defense. He's actually scoring points now. So maybe having Hibbert as the defender, because Al Jefferson's not the defender that Hibbert is, and they kind of like traded them, and then they've got you know all these like athletic players. Maybe Charlotte, maybe this is a, a better season for them than than you thought. And then our Knicks, Ray. Um, look, they great win Friday up over the down, Bulls. Up and down. But then the defense doesn't do enough to to slow down the Utah Jazz. Now give them credit. Mello and Porzingis played great. The team played good, but Gordon Hayward came back, and Utah's a talented team. I mean, Gordon Hayward dropped 28. I think Utah, they, they are, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. We both picked them to get into the playoffs, but they, um, their talent might, especially if Exum gets in a routine of being healthy and they get favors back, they're 4-3, and three, but... Utah could surprise people. They could get maybe a first-round upset as a five or six seed. It'd be fascinating to see, you know, how that plays out. Um, any concerns? Any teams that need trades? They uh, Archie Goodwin was picked up by the Pelicans. Uh, they cut Lance Stevenson, so Lance will make your dances out of the NBA again. <laughs> yeah, what know? happened um, to that guy? I mean, is it just head? And did you? Yeah, it's weird because he played so well. You almost thought, like, wait a minute, he's going to be, you know, a two-way guard, shooting guard, playing offense and defense. You thought he'd be, like, a top ten shooting guard, and then he just fell off a cliff after he left the Pacers. So maybe uh, Vogel and Larry Bird were a great therapist, right? They were keeping it together. And did you hear the Bucks picked up Huff that the uh, Eagles had cut? Um, you know, he had his legal issues. They picked him up, and I think he's on their practice squad. So kind of kind of fascinating. So if you could go to Vegas this weekend, would you put any money on a Cowboys-Raiders Super Bowl? Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> I just think, you know what, even if you win your division, and you get that first-round home buy, which I don't know if either of them will, you know, will, will have the same thing. anyone go to New England? Them. That's the, the question still, we asked right, for the last exactly. 10 years, you right? You still have to win in New England. You're still in the, in the NFC going to have to beat, I don't know, a team like Atlanta that can score a lot, a team like Seattle that can clamp you down on defense, a team like Green Bay. You feel Bay. like the NFC is wide open, though, because there's the not NFC one clear cut. You know, but the thing is, Dallas is thing. not this great home field advantage, right? So let's even oh, say that Dallas not. hosts the game. I mean, you, you know, Jerry's world is, is more of like a an entertainment, 
you right. know, people might get caught up in the, in the big screen, but it's not like it's a huge home field advantage. They kept saying that like 30% of the fans are not from the from the local team because they need to sell so many tickets. They market to, to the point. visiting team, right? So they don't have a huge home field advantage. The Raiders play in a dump. So, I don't know. The intangibles lead me to believe that these two teams haven't really won much, you know, in recent history. So, no, I wouldn't put any money on them. (laughs) So, well, let's wrap it up, man. Look, it's going to be a great, great sports week. Uh, Friday, Veterans Day, you got the, what, I think it's Kentucky. No, no, it's Michigan State, Indiana. And then, like, I want to say Kansas I forgot who the fourth team is. Arizona? I think Arizona's in there. No, Indiana. So, oh, Indiana? Yeah. So they've got the, Indiana. They, remember how they used to play it on the on the on the ship on the, the yeah. carrier? Yeah. That was cool. But then I guess with the wind cool. and the weather and whatever they they, yeah. they kicked it. So now they're actually in Hawaii. So they're sending oh, that's nice. Hawaii doing it. That's but nice. no, it's, yeah. it's Arizona, Michigan State, and it's Indiana, Kansas. You can't get much better than that, right? That's going to be awesome. So, listen, when we talk to you on Friday, we'll know the results. Just be peaceful. Be careful. If you haven't voted early, go vote. Please go vote. And um, hopefully we can just have our nation unite no matter what happens. So that's all I got to say. (laughs) Any words of wisdom, Ray? (laughs) No, I think you summed it up. Uh You know what? A lot of people in a lot of countries – have lost a lot of blood, shed a lot of blood for the ability people to died vote. in this country for the right. Yeah, go vote, man. You know, people, the process may be busted, the candidates may be broken, but at the <laughs> end of the day, somebody's got to govern, right? So you yeah. know, I love these people that are like, nah, I'm not voting, I'm not voting. Well, why not? Oh, because I don't like anybody. Well, well, one of these people you don't like is going to become the president, and they're going to exactly. run the show, yeah. so at least Put your two cents in and exercise your right. Or don't complain. Or don't complain. And you could even write in Ray and Tay. I mean, you know, hey, if you got it, you got it. I I understand. Some some small state. You know, this will warm your heart. You want to get your heart warmed. They got a movie that's out or it's coming out about our man, Vinny Bazienza. Remember the Paz, Vinny? The Paz. The boxer? Oh, my goodness. I think it's uh, Hands of Steel or Blood something. But um, so it's about his experience fighting and his story. So, Vinny, that's, that should be entertaining. So, yeah, man. And Kevin Rooney is played by Aaron Eckhart. He's playing Kevin Rooney. So, you know, we like sports films, you know. We'll have to talk about some sports films on, on, on another episode and have, have a little fun and Give, give yeah, we got to bring that couple, back. We talked about it yeah, a couple years ago. We need to we need definitely. to reintroduce some filmology some, into, yeah, uh, into the show. So. Hi, well, thanks for listening, and like always, have a great sports week. Good hoops, a lot of games tonight. How about Eric Bloodsell, the Phoenix buzzer beater against the Blazers the other night? That was cool. You know, the Lakers beat the Warriors. You won't see that happen too many times. So, NBA is getting exciting, you know. But you know, football's king. And like I said, take a break tomorrow night, ESPN. Watch the uh, college football playoff just to, you know, clear your head for a second. Because, you know, the next day it's all about the election. (laughs) No doubt. Thanks for listening. We are out.